That's some good uh, funk. You know? That is good. That is that's Ken, that's the great <laughs> Kenny Loggins. Everybody, just in case you were wondering, who was that? If you'd have heard the voice, you would have known. Children of a certain age know and recognize the voice of Kenny Loggins. Good morning, everybody. It's Friday. It's a little bit after 10.06. I'm your host, Mario Nunez. You're listening to Down and Dirty, seated alongside the man wearing pink this morning. J.D., say something. <laughs> I'm so shy. John Dingfelder, how are you, Mario? Is, I'm good, man. I'm good. At the end of the week, it's, it's another week. They come in, they're coming at us hot and heavy, aren't they? Uh, totally. I mean, we turn around and it's Tuesday, and then we turn around again, and we're getting dressed to come into the studio. I don't know how you feel about it, but I, I, I Thursday night I'm pretty jazzed up. I like doing this. The week, the week flies by, and we've got some great guests today. I'm really excited too. Yes, we do. We, that's a big tease. Lean in, everybody. Lean in. You're going to know these people. You're going to know their voices. But before we get to our guests, John, as we do, and and of course we've got to mention that the skippers. Sitting behind the the, uh, the control board this morning because our board op Jason Marlowe is somewhere out there trying to get to us desperately. He'll be here. We figure about ten thirty, right? Irene's standing by waiting to take your calls. What do you think? What, what Jason does a great job <laughs> wherever you are. Uh, we appreciate your help and Skip. Thanks for filling in. There you go. So this week we're going to call it one up and one down, one thumb up and one thumb thumb down. What gets what got stuck in your crawl? We'll start with the negative. We'll end with the positive. What got stuck in your crawl this week, John Dingfelder? I'll, t- I'll tell you what the uh, the planet is rebelling. Um, or, you know what was it? Moroc- another catastrophe. Another catastrophe. Um, Thousands uh, of lives lost. Yes, and and it's just scary. It's scary for those of us with. You know, grandkids, and I think there's at least three at this table with grandkids. I don't know about you, Skip. You got anyway. Uh, you know, but but it's it's scary because they're going to be around seventy five years from now, hundred years from now, whatever. And who knows what we've left them? All right, that's it for me. Okay, Downer. that's that. And that Debbie was a downer on that one. And but, he always starts us off that way, but that's okay because we talk about that. It's prescient, and we need to. Uh, I myself have a young grandbaby, and yeah. I, I was doing a little math the other day, and I was thinking, you know, she, in the year 2100, you know, she's going to be... Hopefully, knock yeah, on wood. She'll be in her 70s, yeah. right? And and so, you know, late 60s. So my point is, yeah, I don't know who's going to crawl out of this mess and, and help help us fix this. But if we stop making cars because the UAW is about to walk off the job... Then maybe for that six-month period, well, the emissions will be lessened. I don't know. I'm getting way off topic. Well, that so, was my next one. You said one down, one up. Well, okay, and I, so that's and the I one say, up. And I say kudos to the UAW. They say they've been treated badly uh, uh, during COVID. They, they, they showed up for work. They did their thing, and, and now the economy's better, and, uh, and, and they're not getting what they, what they deserve. So. And, and is $20 million too much for a CEO to be making? I don't know. I don't know. i got to ask. My $24 million too much? Seems Especially when a, your frontline employees are not making nearly that. So a I'll little go, disparity there. I'll give you both of my thumb up and thumb down. Right, we'll start with it. thumb down. They're both sports, by the way. They're both sports. What a shock. It's, it's a shock because I know everybody on the panel here nobody cares about sports here so you know i care somebody, about sports just not necessarily your sports somebody's got to represent here we go so I'm, I'm talking a little bit about the uh usf uh the bulls go bulls right and the schedule makers who decided it would be a great idea to ask the university Alabama. of alabama to come in this weekend and square off against our bulls my guess is are they selling a lot of tickets at least? Well, they said it's almost sold out, which is, you know, yeah. I don't know that they sell out the entire stadium. I think they restrict some of the seats, but of the seats that are available, that part of it's almost sold out. And you're talking about, 
you know, a 30-point uh, spread here. I, mean, I hear, I think, I keep thinking about lambs and slaughter. You well, know, and then last week, you know, last week Texas put it on Alabama. So I think Alabama's going to come in here with a little bit of attitude. And I don't know that they do the same thing in college football that they do in high school. When the game gets out of hand, they just run the clock. I mean, you're going to take a whipping, and it's going to—it's not going to be really, really good. But anyway, so that's my thumb down. Like the schedule makers, who thought that was a good idea to introduce Alabama? And listen, if you're getting paid for it, and the schools' coffers are going to be, you know, nice and and stuffed after this game, whatever. I don't know because the embarrassment yeah, the USF of it all doesn't need that. I, I would think they would don't need so, that. So that's Mc, a thumb McNeese, down. McNeese, McNeese State needed them. They needed the money. But uh, you know. that's a thumb down, and and I I had a I, my that thumb was my Gator reference, of course. Had a baby, go Gators. So my thumb my thumb up was twofold, right? So one of them is like the University of Colorado and everything that Coach Prime is doing out there, which is amazing that he's been able to already capture the imagination of his players, and to a great extent, sports fans everywhere by going in there and elevating their play. They're off to a great start, 2-0. But really and truthfully, can we talk a little bit about the Rays? Rays up? Can we talk a little bit about the Rays last night? Go for it. Last night? What a great game. If you guys aren't watching, and I know this is a public service or public uh, whatever we do here, but but I'm, I just, I'm excited, okay, because they got a four-game series of which they won game one yesterday against the Baltimore Orioles, who are in the same division, who, if we can overcome this, and hang on to the end. It's important because you get the first round by in the playoffs, all of that good stuff. But our, our raise, our raise, let me just say with the operating budget that they have and the, and, and the woefully inadequate attendance at the stadium, the support that they get in person, always overachieve. Yeah. So let's hear it for the raise, raise up. Skip, what do you think about the raise? You got any opinion on that? He's, his mic's not on. <laughs> I, I think it's fantastic that they've been able to do what they do with the minimal payroll, and I love to see people like the Yankees. Yeah. Take a back seat, pal. This isn't your year, okay? And and take the Boston Red Sox with you. Boy, we're going to get some calls now. All right. This isn't a sports show, but we might just make it one today. Listen, if you'd like to join the conversation, please call us. Call us. We've got Irene taking our calls today. Thank you, Irene. We love you for doing that. 813-239-9663. Email us at DJ at WMNF.org. It's all over the board over here. Look right over there. Or you can text us because that's what the kids are doing today, right, John? They're texting? Yes, they're okay. Okay. Except my children. Eight they, one, they won't text me back. 813-433-0885. Get in on the conversation this morning. So, Mario, gotta... when you were talking about the Rays, I was thinking, you know, we've got two people in the studio today who could tell us the future of the Rays. Uh, you know, is the future of the Rays in... Pinellas County or Hillsburg? County. I love that, and and this is very timely as well. So yes, <laughs> introduce our guest, John. All right, we are thrilled to have uh, uh, City Council uh, uh, member Bill Carlson represents District. Very 4. tall, very tall fellow. Good morning, everybody. There he is, <laughs> and County Commissioner Pat Kemp, uh, who uh, I won't give I won't give either of your backgrounds because they're both illustrious backgrounds. You guys have been around a long time and working hard in the community, even long before you got elected. But uh, we're so glad to have you here, Pat. Thank you, and it's great to be. here. And Pat has an amazing history with WMNF as well, which we might talk about a little bit. I think we should. Yeah. I think it's I think it's important. You know what, let's contextually, start. contextually, yeah. let's give a little bit of history on both of our guests well, for for those people that may not know. All right, let's let's start there, Pat, because because I knew that you you and WMNF go way back, but but tell us how far back. <laughs> well, I guess um, the station started in 1979, and I know that I was. 
came. Commissioner, I think what we're going to do is we're going to rotate this microphone over to you because for the last couple of weeks, a little bit of a fuzzy, and you, you, you've got a better voice than that, Commissioner. So <laughs> okay, we are going we to, go. we are going to, yes. That's yes there we yes. go. Um, oh, that's perfect. Okay, good. That's perfect. Stay right in front of it. Thank you so uh -huh, much. Sure. Um, used to do a show here. <laughs> ah, there <laughs> so, it is. Uh, when, anyway. when did you come to town and, and, and why? Moved here in 1985 specifically for uh, a uh, spouse who became pro program director here for some 30 years, Randy Wynn. Uh, but um, came in, uh, you know, the station started in 1979. and um, Where was the station physically? I heard it was like some little I, uh, couple of blocks down little. the street. Maybe. Uh, when I first came here, which was 1982 to visit the station, it was down Martin Luther King where the um, Winn-Dix, is it a Winn-Dixie now? The corner? Yeah, and there was a church there, and it was in the upstairs of the church um, there. But I understand that that was its second or third location. Maybe yeah. there was a house in South Tampa. Yeah, Lynn, Lynn told me there was a little ramshackle bungalow in South Tampa that they that they all hung out at, partied at, and started the station at. And I hear they kept uh, the... Of course, then it was the big albums, and they were in a bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember humble hearing beginnings. about that. But it, well, it was pretty humble uh, as well in um, 1982. Did they when even I have first... a paycheck for you guys, uh, for Randy to take that oh, job? Oh, yes, he, he, he had a paycheck. But it's actually to this day, MNF has been very careful and conservative about its um, pay to people and, you know, it's... it's All volunteer um, mostly. Yeah, huge numbers, as you know, both being volunteers, but also just with paid staff has never kind of matched anything in the market uh, or even in uh, a lot of times in community radio. So it's always been a station. And I, I think that that's a really good thing that it's always uh, kept true to that. You don't um, get rich work in here, that's for sure. You do not get rich work But it's a testament here. to the connectivity of, of the people that are drawn to this environment and the fact that we all stay. And well, that they love their work and absolutely. that they love this, um, what this uh, community radio yeah, station does. Speaking of Ms. Julie, where is she? She's around here somewhere. Well, the other thing I, I thought was interesting, we talked about a little bit earlier, was the power of the station. Yes, which is a 100,000 watt station. And as I said, I came, well, I grew up in D.C., but I had been, uh, lived in, I went to Boston University and lived in Massachusetts and worked in radio up there. That's how I first met uh, Randy at the radio station up there. And that was like, I can't remember, but it may have been like 100 watts or 70 watts. It doesn't exactly just go around the block, but it went across a small city and a little bit of uh, Burbs and Worcester, Mass, um, as they say. And uh, the um, when I found out that these, and this isn't the only one, but it's one of them, when these southern stations in, in Tampa was a lot smaller then, uh, had 100,000 watts of power. I was just stunned. But on the non-commercial edge of the spectrum under 92, there were openings for 100,000-watt stations. You could never get that and in any day, of that. And to this day, that's what carries us out to, what, seven counties or yeah. something like that? I right? think more like 16 counties, I've really? heard. Super yeah. impressive. Yeah, Super it's, impressive. A, it's a really great... I mean, I go over to Orlando sometimes. I'm still listening to MNF and, you know, go up far north and whatever. So, yeah. and it's out over the the golf, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, we pirate radio. Is that, does that remind anybody pirate of pirate radio? radio? I saw the movie. Go. It was a great movie. Jason uh, uh, is in the house. I am. Is this microphone? Is dead, dead, dead? 
It's yeah. not dead, but that we just switched it out with right. the commissioner because it's a we, little fuzzy. We see you, Jason. We love you. Thanks for coming in. Um, Bill Carlson, how are you doing today? Good morning. I enjoy just listening to you all talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had some uh, budget fun uh, uh, this year, uh, Bill, and I, th- I guess it's still going on. Uh, what tell, Update, folks, what's going on in the city of Tampa and the budget? We'll start with that. Sure. Um, every year the city looks at what the needs are and how we can try to fill them, and we never have enough money. Uh, for example, to fix the affordable housing problem will cost at least $5 billion. And that's if you take 50,000 people that need homes, not to mention the people that need to just um, have some assistance, times 100,000, which is low, that's $5 billion. So uh, we th- this whole city budget is $2 billion a year. There's no way that we can solve it. And that's just that, that doesn't count uh, roads that need to be repaired and, and parks and other things just to fix all the parks the way we want would be almost a billion dollars. So every year we look at the budget to try to figure out what the priorities are. This year the mayor proposed a one mil increase. Uh, average person would only pay like $250 a year more. Um, many people would pay 500000 more. Um, so the community said... Not 500000 I mean five. 500000 500 or 1000 Okay, yeah. Um, a year more. Yeah. So um, the community came back and said, we can't afford it right now. It's not the right time. If you look at the economy in Tampa for the last few years, people making above 200,000 have done very well. People below 200,000 have felt like we're in a recession for a long time. And that's insurance been- rates, uh, gas costs, uh, other fees, costs, taxes across the board. Everything's hurting in our pocketbook, right? Yeah, so the mayor proposed this one mill increase. I voted against it, and it ended up failing because uh, city council voted against it. My reason was that we can't afford to, to hurt the economy right now. We probably are already in a, a recession, and there are so many people hurting that if we increase uh, rates even more, we could potentially put thousands of people out of their homes. And so what we would end up doing then is raising the tax so that we can help people stay in their homes because we raise the tax. And the people that would have gotten hurt the worst would have been renters because they would feel the full brunt of it. And we already know that renters are suffering because of all the increase. So yesterday, two days ago, <clears throat> we went through the budget to try to save $45 million, which is what the new tax would have paid for. And uh, next Tuesday, we're going to have another public hearing to figure out uh, what exactly the budget is going to have in it. Got pretty contentious over there at times. Uh, I know the mayor, Mayor Castor, is not thrilled with the city council uh, rejecting this uh, proposal. And uh, what was the vote? Four to three said? Uh, I thought it was five to two. I can't remember. We've had- the original vote was four to three. What? The original vote was whether or not they will raise the millage increase at all this year. That vote was six to one. Yeah, The so the first motion was in case somebody can't hear Jason, the first motion was to vote against the one mil increase. And that one was six to one. Oh, okay. But then uh, with Henderson dissenting, and then the next vote uh, was, I think, Guido's proposal, which was to cap the rate at the current level, 6.2. And I think that was five to two. The current the current level still brings in a lot of additional money over and above last year, right? Yeah, it's, it, everybody asked the question, well, with all the new development and everything, why, don't, why can't you use that extra money? That's $26 million plus about $8 million in CRA money. And you can see by the percentages, the big problem there is that so much is trapped in the CRAs. So yesterday, uh, I made a motion, which was supported by my colleagues, to 
look at putting a 50% cap on the downtown CRA in the future. And we could talk about that more later. But that could potentially bring, just in the next 10 years, $200 million more dollars that should be spread throughout the city, not trapped in downtown. And just as a, a tutorial for those that, you know, again, might not remember what the CRA stands for, give us a little quick down and dirty, community, as it were. Community redevelopment area. In the city of Tampa, we have eight of them, and they're set up by the city and county. <laughs> um, uh, in most cases, except downtown, half the money is county money and half the money is city money. The, this, the downtown one is only city money right now with the exception of one project. Um, but what they do is they they set a cap at whatever the property taxes are at when it started. And then any new property taxes that come in, that money can only be spent in that area. And the problem with it is that the way the legislation was written is that really it's about real estate development. And so I call it taxpayer-funded gentrification. Um, and in downtown, there's no more slum and blight. It was successful at, at development. Uh, but the problem is with all the new development in downtown, the rest of the city doesn't get the benefit of it. So folks ask, why are our roads falling apart all over the city? The road repair budget's $4.1 million. Uh, just the downtown CRA is generating something like $30 million a year. Uh, uh, Pat, as a, a county commission, has a, a role in these CRAs, right? Um, they, in, indirectly. They, no, well, I guess a direct role, because I, uh, as I understand it, they have to approve them. Although I don't, I think they all started before I was ever a yeah, commissioner yeah, in 2016. So I, uh, you know, I was never very engaged in um, that. It was something that right. just occurred. But the reason the, ca- the reason the county has to approve it is because. Uh, it captures county money too, right? Right, and even on the downtown one where the county is not uh, not really participating anymore, we have to go to county approval to get permission to cut the 50%. So hopefully oh, really? you support that. That's, <laughs> now, just hmm. so people know, um, there are CRAs in East Tampa and West Tampa, and I'm not suggesting touching those. Um, <clears throat> the thing is, though, in the past... Also, Drew Park. Yeah, yeah Drew Park. There's they're, actually they're, 10, I think. Um, Seven in, like, downtown or so, right around. But. So the, the thing is, in in the past, the, uh, the CRA money was used a lot to subsidize development with the idea that then that would increase the Avalorum tax and then you could use it to subsidize more development. Uh, but it, communities like East Tampa say, we don't want gentrification. We want our community to be better. And so what we've tried to do, and John was on the board when we started this, uh, we started redirecting money into things like um, parks and sidewalks and other uh, other amenities that people in neighborhoods want because the new form of economic development is neighborhoods, making sure that neighborhoods are great because that defines what uh, where people live and where, the, where they'll stay in a community and what they'll contribute to a community. Bill, you, you and I pushed real hard to get some of that CRA money to the Strauss Center. Um, I, I, I was a big supporter of that. I think you you definitely are too, as well. Now it's coming under attack again? Yeah, it's been under attack several times. That's about politics. It's not about policy. But um, what we did when when John was on the board, and we, we said a city council and the CRA board, it's the same people with a different hat. Uh, but legally, the CRA is a different entity than the city. So, And city council has 100% autonomy on it. So as we started looking at it, we realized that downtown had been heavily subsidized. One development by itself had a hundred million dollar subsidy, so so we started looking at it and figure there's no this the law says it has to be spent on slum and blight. There's no slum and blight in downtown, so we decided to redirect it since we couldn't move it for other things throughout the city. We redirected it toward the arts and historic preservation in downtown. So we funded Strass Center, Tampa uh, Museum of Art. Tampa Theater, we're going to completely restore it, so it'll be great for another 100 years. We're restoring Tampa Union Station, then the Jackson House, and putting a coffee shop and co-work space in Tampa Union Station. And, and you know, Pat, I don't know what 
I think you've always been a big supporter. You were on the Strasbourg for a while. I was on the Strasbourg. I yeah. think just for a year or two, maybe. Yeah. yeah. But the arts are so important to a community. I mean, if you're going to be a mature place <clears throat> that people want to move to, Jason, you got something? Yeah, that's a Donna Cameron Cepeda. <clears throat> Who is that, Pat? <laughs> I don't know if. Uh, uh, well, we had. Are we getting down and dirty now? Are we? Is this? Well, I would, Pat's it, got some new friends on County Commission. It's just that I usually our, turn friends with quotes. Uh, I mean, we're talking just about the Stras right now. Sure. But um, it, it, and one person campaigned specifically on that, saying that the county had given twenty five million to the Stras, but that wasn't it because the CRA yeah. had done that, and it was. And Truly, the city had nothing to do with our budget or anything. Um, uh, so, but the, you know, the county does um, through its countywide dollars, which are collected from, by the way, the city of Tampa. Anyone in Tampa, uh, anyone in uh, unincorporated county, which is one of the biggest unincorporated areas in the nation, with a million people in unincorporated town, uh, Hillsborough. And then we have it's very unusual structure, just Plant City and Temple Terrace, both smaller. Municipalities, right? But they all they all uh, contribute to this countywide fund, and the countywide fund explicitly uh, has to cert, um, fund certain things. That's by state law, and those things are like jails and courts, and our uh, our supervisor of elections, sheriff, our constitutional officers. Yeah. Well, the sheriff, well, this un, unincorporated county funds the sheriff as the sheriff acts at as a sheriff in those. Areas as a, as a police do in uh, Tampa, in but not as it as the sheriff acts as the jail or the courts funds the courts um, funds the clerk of court. You know all these, uh, and it explicitly has to go to that. But also explicitly, uh, it can be used for. I, I've uh, most counties actually use it for transit, um, but for Hillsborough and Pinellas, um, but also can be used for affordable housing, can be used for the arts, can be used for economic development and social services. Um, it can't, you can't take the arts money from unincorporated county, which is what <laughs> it just is not understood, and take it and put it to build, to do roads that are desperately needed in unincorporated county because everybody in the entire county pays this tax and contributes to it. And it's in those segregated areas that serve every sure. citizen in the county that, as sure. well. That's pretty fascinating because I, I had no idea that we are the number one or one of the top three in the nation un unincorporated. unincorporated for those people oh, listening and leaning in now. It really changes so, the structure. So two things have to happen. Number one, the city council and the county commission have to kind of play nice in the sandbox because a lot of times you're going to be vying for the same dollars and the same resources in that pot. And then the people, you can you can see where this already builds in that natural tension between the people that live out in the country, unincorporated, and the people that live in the city. Again, if we got to fix country roads, how's that going to help anybody in the city and you can see where they would be like okay well how's that going to help well me? here's the thing this is complicated but i guess i'll go i'll go here because uh, i always give this mini uh explanation this is good At people need county. to know this well okay and this is the way all the counties operate but it's very unusual because we have this one million unincorporated area if you think Staggering. of Pinellas, they have um they're one-third the size of hillsborough but they have like 24 jurisdictions st petersburg all the beach communities you know everything they have a very they have two hundred fifty thousand unincorporated you think of pasco actually you don't think of how many 
incorporated areas they have. I cannot remember pa- now. Pasco is becoming much more unincorporated. Yeah. Uh, it is unincorporated. But Wesley also Chapel has, type it's thing. It's also got, Wesley Chapel's unincorporated, but yeah. it's also got a lot more yeah. incorporated areas than Hillsborough County, believe it or not. <laughs> Orange County, uh, Orlando has like, uh, they're they're very equal to us in size and population. They have like 24 incorporated areas besides Orlando. Uh, it's a very different structure. So all of those communities, when they're incorporated, control their own land use, their own governments. Many of them, like uh, Temple Terrace and uh, Plant City have, you know, their own police forces as well as Tampa. People expect that, but they may not expect the other, other way. Uh, at any rate, what happens is, All of us pay two taxes. All of us pay two basic general taxes, two funds. One is to our respective cities. So if you live in Tampa, like I do, or Bill does, or maybe everybody here, so uh, the you pay a certain amount to your city to operate your city. Right now, the city of Tampa is six point two mills. The um, the city of Temple Terrace, I believe, is six point four mills. I'm doing this from memory. The city of Plant City is 5.7 mils. But the unincorporated area of a million people in unincorporated Hillsborough County is 4.3 mils and has remained that way forever. It is a desperately underfunded basic um, problem. Wow. In fact, that's the area that's growing the fastest, is it and not? It's, it's, it's being exploding. Slammed. Yeah. It's yeah, being it's slammed. New schools it, having to go it's in. It's actually ex- an it's very urbanized in many of those parts oh, yeah. of, of, of temp, town and country is unincorporated. It has nowhere near Correct. the resources. It's been starved forever, that budget, which is an enormous budget, but it's been starved forever by the low millage. So have you guys had that discussion? Well, this time I brought up, um, we, we couldn't have it before because we didn't have a county commission that would have even entertained it. In fact, they slightly cut the countywide millage, just slightly for like 15 years or something. Um, the uh, the um, In the first couple years I was there, there was no appetite for that at all, I can assure you. And then we had, um, we didn't know what was happening, you know, what would happen when we could possibly have done something, which is during COVID, the first thing we expected is to be slammed. We thought, you know, we there was a thing to do, change the homestead exemptions, and maybe we would lose a lot of our uh, resources for the county. We had, you know, all kinds of issues. So, um, but this time I brought it up to our county commission and I suggested that we do 0.5 mills for unincorporated county to raise it 0.5 mills. Just 0.5. Yeah, which would be instead of 4.3, 4.8 compared to the city of Tampa, 6.2, 6.2. or the other places, okay? What was the reaction? Well, I also wanted to dedicate that funding stream to uh, to um, uh, point two for fire rescue, which we're behind like incredibly. Desperately with, needed. Desperately. And point three for roads, uh, you know, which I don't even have to, I don't think, address. It's like, it, like it's crazy. But so, um, and then um, there was a, you know, I was um, supported um, uh, by Commissioner Cohen uh, in this. Uh, at, least, at least you got a second. Yeah, I got a second. We took the vote. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, to I don't think we had um, uh, anyone else that was willing. I wanted to keep it open to even have that option during this budget thing if we needed it. But it was um, 
it was, uh, you know, there was didn't, no didn't appetite get for else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Commissioner, so. if you're just tuning in, we got Commissioner Cat Pink. Yes, yes. Fat Kev. <laughs> <laughs> and, and City Councilman Bill Carlson. I don't know what's going on with my throat. Mario. Clear that frog out of there. And, and again, we want to remind everybody, calling in, if you're calling in today with a comment, eight one or a question, cheers or jeers, we'll take it all. 813-239-9663. Email us, dj at wmnf.org. Text us at 813-433-0885. Caller, we see you there. You've been holding patiently for almost 12 minutes. Stephanie, we're coming to you now, and you've got a question for us. Hi, Stephanie, you've got a question for us? Good morning. I have a question and a comment, and, no. and we, have some we had some elected officials there. That really, it, has anybody ever really considered combining the city and the county? Because realistically, we're one metropolitan area now. Um, and I have a quick comment about the budget for the city of Tampa. Um, well, hold on one second. <clears throat> I've got a quick comment about you, ma'am. Uh, and I'm going to embarrass you. This is uh, Stephanie Pointer, and she is one of our, our in the city. She's one of our great uh, civic activists. She's the uh, she was with us last. And she week. was recently with us. She yes, was with she us was last recently week. with us. But Stephanie, we appreciate so much what you do. She's the head of the uh, Tampa Homeowners Association of Neighborhoods SOG in, in the uh, house and very involved uh, south of Gandy, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, I embarrassed you, Stephanie. Go ahead. What's your question? Comment. Thank you, sir. Um, my comment is um, that there there was one in particular council person who was very, very disruptive about the whole meeting process last um, Tuesday about the folks who at the top of the pile in the city of Tampa, the non-union folks, um, should not, not get an increase in pay. And some of those people were getting well over 10% in pay. But yet the same... But the problem I had with that, that commentary, because it was a $54 million increase in salaries this year, and it wasn't, and Bill will have to tell me because I never saw the numbers for what it was that we were obligated for for, uh, for union contracts, but the other 997 people who worked for the city, um, did they really expect every single citizen to um, pay that money extra so that they could get the raise this year. And that was something that I thought wasn't really brought up, that the expectation was that we would ha all have to pay in in order to fund that $54 million increase in salaries. But yet we couldn't expect those 997 people to keep the same paycheck they have now. So I, I just wanted to hear anybody's feedback on that just. That, uh, all right. How about that. it, Bill? Thank yeah, you so much for your call, Stephanie. Thank you for, for all you do. Besides, besides the other titles that you mentioned for Stephanie, she's also on the um, she's also on the city council's budget advisory committee. So she's been uh, pouring through the budget and giving us feedback on that as well. So she's been one one of the best people at looking through the budget for us. Um, what we found is when the administration, city administration push this new tax, what they said was, we're going to pay for four things. I call them five. They're police, fire, roads, uh, parks, and housing. Because those are the five things that city council has been pushing for for four years because that's what the community wants. And we've tried, John used to be with me on council, we tried for four years to get those things increased. Like the road repair budget has been $4.1 every year for the last four or five years at least. But the overall budget is more than doubled. And last year, I voted against the overall budget because they refused to raise the uh, road repair budget. So this year, they said, well, if city council wants these roads and other things, uh, we 
they have to agree to a to an increase. What we found out in looking at the budget is they didn't increase any of those things in their budget. So it was not true that the tax was going to pay for those things, even though they put them. I said it's kind of like if you pour a bucket of water in a lake and then pour it, pull another bucket out, you're not pulling the same water. What we found is that the actual increase was caused by salary increases. And some of it is obligated and some of it isn't. But we also see a lot of wasteful spending, like $220 million on an office building. Um, we, we need to be fiscally prudent and spend the money in the right way. Wow. Down and dirty. I love it. I love it. Let's get that bell going, okay? I'm just saying. <laughs> so, Pat, uh, one of the things that you and I were talking about this week uh, over at the county commission was health care. Yes. Uh, give us a little history, uh, going back to Phyllis Buzanski, about the county's uh, health care program. Wayne Myers has entered the chat. <laughs> the uh, the um, county has, Hillsborough County has a very special and unique health care program. It's very amazing that we have this. Uh, you can only take advantage of it if you live in Hillsborough County. And it was back in the 90s, I believe. I remember when it happened. I haven't exactly examined the history of it, but it was really monumental. Um, and Phyllis Buzanski, who was a county commissioner at the time and really uh, took a, just a huge interest in so many things, but health care being Pretty terrific one of them. public servant, Yeah, huh? very excellent public service servant, uh, a warm, wonderful person. Yes. Uh, but at any rate, she went and had this, um, you know, got support for what was a half cent sales tax. I think it's it's gone back and forth a little. But and we used um, to call it the indigent health care plan. Yeah, right? I think they still have never changed the official title, but it's called the Hillsborough County Health Care Plan. But it really is. Uh, it's it's been remarkable in terms of the um, it, you know scope of it um, for the entire, uh, the recognition it's gotten. I mean, I remember years ago when it was recognized by Harvard University for being like one of the best uh, healthcare entities in the country. And it's basically so, supposed to give people healthcare to keep them out of the emergencies room. Right, right? and it's helping support our hospitals because you know we'll have people show up uh, at Tampa General and they will be in desperate need of healthcare and they, they uh, you know, have to, the hospital would have to pay and otherwise be, their situation right. would be Treat a cough dire before strain. it becomes pneumonia. Right. Well, or even treat pneumonia there, but they, but they have a person there that can't pay for the treatment. So it threatens all of our care and all of our hospital care and all of our resources. But you're right, preventative care. And so the, the county health plan has been available. Um, what happened apparently from what I can uh, figure out is that during COVID, they extended Medicaid. They, uh, you know, people um, were uh, just counting on that and didn't really even know so much about the county health care plan. So um, they, so the county health care plan got fewer and fewer. And I'm talking, I don't know, 14 or 15,000 people using it instead of how many could use it. Um, and they weren't uh, using the county health care plan as much. And I want to make sure that everyone knows who lives in Hillsborough County, that they can be eligible for this. The other thing is people uh, think that you have to be um, incredibly low income, but um, we've raised it to 175% of poverty because our poverty rate is so low. And what that means is for one person, and I can just imagine 
huge numbers when I actually told the arts community about this or, you know, the uh, tourism Just support work, work, industry. Working we class have, people. That is one person earning up to like $25,000 and they can have, um, you know, and there's uh, certainly a, a lot of people that fit into that category, but a family of two, I think it goes, and I'm just going by what I remember from the charts, but something like 35,000, family of three, you know, mom or dad with a couple of kids, you know, we're, ta we're talking 45,000. And the amazing thing about this health care plan is it covers dental, vision, prescriptions, wow. everything. It is a, and it is Pretty extraordinary. It is extraordinary that we have this. And in the meantime, we Florida is one of 10 states in the country that haven't expanded Medicaid to care for low-income people. We have a lot of people in Hillsborough County, I'm thinking tens of thousands, that could be on this plan and get really extraordinary and special care. In fact, I've asked some people. Uh, some people so it's really a function said, of marketing. Yeah. They, nobody's yeah. been marketing this well, plan. Well, no, no, it's, it's so out it's, there marketed, but I think— But I haven't heard about it. Yeah, and you're, you're well, right. you do yeah. know about it because you even well, knew when it got started. I knew about but it from years ago, but recently I, I haven't heard about yeah, it. Yeah, of course. But the other thing is, like I said, there was this uh, apparently this massive number of people in every county in the nation who were on Medicaid who just got notices just within the last couple of months that they've been kicked off of that. But other people, you know, we have new people moving in all the time. I I read about people saying, oh, well, it's government. So is it, under, is it under the gun, Pat? Is it being threatened? Well, we'll see. Uh, I can tell you that um, <laughs> Commissioner Wistel went to the delegation, uh, our Hillsborough delegation of elected representatives, and asked them to do something to um, stop this health care plan just two days ago. But fantastic! Uh, but we, it's got a huge infrastructure. It's got a huge number of people it serves. It is an incredible benefit. Well, I'm out there saying, telling people, um, tell you know, you, your friends. There's really um, where I don't go someplace, and I talk about this that someone doesn't say, uh, "Give me, you know, let me, let me have." In fact, I bring in these papers. I went and uh, got printed forms, you know, English and Spanish, and the website. You can go to just Hillsborough County. Healthcare. Just Google it, and you can find it. You can apply. It's easy. Nice. It's, it's a nice. nice. Um, yeah. Pat, is the, is the financial part of this under you know going to sunset? Is it coming up? No, no, no. Okay. So, but so I just want to have a lot of people in there. Uh, being able to use it again because right. I use think the, yeah. the resource that's available and, and to them. I, apparently, the letters people got were like ten pages long and very obtuse, and they didn't even know that they're getting cut. And I can see people wouldn't even want to deal with it, you know, until they got really sick. And then can they, we just reduce everything to a palm card or, or a five by seven? Because this seems to work good when these are in the mailbox, and if you use big letters, people can understand them. But Pat, I have a question, more of a comment. You, you let me just say this please. number, if I could. If they they could either Google healthcare. Um, Hillsborough County Health Care Plan, I know because I did it myself, and find out more information. Or they can just call 813-272-5040 to find out more about it. I just wanted to let them know that. Yeah. No, my comment was that, you know, I hear you talking about Hillsborough County, <clears throat> and, and you do so with great affection and and passion. I, and, we, passion. And, passion. and we understand all of that, leaning into it. Um, and it seems to be like Hillsborough County is kind of a special and unique place. You mentioned that three times today in this yes. hour. So the, it, we have to keep it well-funded. We have to watch over these programs and plans. And, and if I hear you uh, in my heart, it, 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 what comes to mind is election have consequences. Because if we keep putting people on the commission that want to defund the arts or want to do away with health care programs that are going to help the people that need it the most, what is that all about? What are we left with? Bill, um, 
I know a big passion of yours for really your whole adult career. Um, Star Wars? <laughs> sorry, 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 That's sorry. True. I just have to do the lightsaber thing because people who know Bill, you know. Star Wars freak. I have Star Wars things I everywhere. say I kid because I love. I mean, one of my things. There it is. Oh, awesome. Nice, Jason. Well-timed, nice. well-timed. Um, <laughs> back, on, back on track. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Economic development, or as we affectionately refer to it as ED. You're going to talk about Bill's ED problem. <laughs> Here we, we go. A, we have a council that specializes in ED. It's called the Tampa Bay EDC. So economic economic dysfunction. Economic development. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, um, you know, things like health care, everything we've been talking about today, health care, transportation, uh, you know, all, all of these things, uh, you know, build, they, build to, do, why don't companies want to come here? Companies do want to come here, but um, the problem is the, the strategies for economic development for Tampa for the last 40 years or more have not really worked. Uh, for years, the, the predecessor of the EDC was chasing uh, call centers and right. back office of, stuff. A yeah. bunch of us led by Deanne Roberts stopped that about 20 years ago. And then the, this EDC was set what up. What was wrong with call centers? Uh, they bring low wage jobs and those jobs can easily be um, outsourced to other countries. And that's what happened. And we, yeah, we saw that in the early nineties that that was going to happen. But then, um, then what's happened in the last few years is that this, the model still is let's subsidize companies from outside or let's subsidize developers from outside. I, I think it's anti-competitive. Why should you subsidize one versus another? But also most of those companies haven't stayed. Uh, we had an announcement two days ago that one of the companies they were trying to recruit didn't come. Yesterday there was an announcement that one that they had given, given subsidies to is not going to do what it said. And that seems to be the news all the time. Instead, what we need to do is build up our own economic base. I think and the, the other problem with groups like the EDC, which the city is the biggest funder of, is and I'm trying to change that, is that um, they're, they're exclusive. So you pay $30,000 to be a member and you get the benefit of inside information from the city and county. What we need instead is to create inclusive economic development. We, we, don't, need, we don't need to make the threshold that a small business person in East Tampa has to pay $30,000 to get access to information. We need to create an environment where we can really uh, develop uh, small businesses and help our local businesses grow. If that you, mentality sounds very country clubbish, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it is. Sound very it's an old model. It's yeah. It's an old model from the 80s. And if you go to tampascorecard.com, which is a, 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 a website that uh, Jason helped me put together several years ago, um, we just did the third update of it. And what it shows is that Tampa's, just the city of Tampa, Tampa's economic development strategies have completely failed in the last 12 years. During the biggest economic boom in American history, Tampa... Uh, did not even keep up with its peers in the state. St. Petersburg surpassed us in almost every economic measure. And these are the, this is data that comes from the U.S. Census Department, and it's vetted by the top economists in the state, including USF. So, so you're saying we can grow the companies that are here much more effectively than throwing money at these companies from yeah, around look the at, country? Look at the biggest successes in the region, Publix, Tech Data, Raymond James, Jabel. First of all, none of them are in Tampa, but also they're all homegrown companies. Tech Data, I think, was a small business when it moved here. Sykes was a relatively small business when it moved here. But they didn't come because of the EDC or any of these other groups getting subsidies. What we need to do is create the environment where people want to live and work, and then companies will come in, entrepreneurs will come and invest in companies. But and that's and, not and, the and, way. And one topic I mentioned, forgot to mention earlier was education. We don't have time to talk about education, but it's a huge issue. Yeah, and... 
if we took the if we took the five hundred fifty thousand and the county took their five hundred thousand, and we put it into a fund just to hire real economic development people like Pinellas does. Pinellas and St. Petersburg runs circles around Tampa and Hillsborough County because we do uh, economic development in a backwards way from the '80s. What we need to do is be progressive, think ahead about economic development, and the arts are a very important part of the new the future of economic development is neighborhood and the arts. Well. Can I just jump, jump in, in here, there. too, because I know that part of the city budget was about affordable housing, and I really want to get to that because, um, you know, we talk about the inflation hitting here and the cost. It has really jumped astronomically here for people to uh, buy a home or rent. As we all know, it's just really, um, I guess it's been, it has the highest inflation rate for uh for, for that um, in the nation. Um, and it, then we're just pushing people further and further out, <laughs> creating more sprawl and messing well, up or our roads. Or not even, even or making them homeless. Well, I mean, it's really, a, it's really a huge uh, deal. We haven't been getting money down from the state. They haven't been sending what's called the Sadowski Fund dollars it to all over the state to for years to fund affordable housing. But I'll just say that uh, it, it was an issue. I was just at our first budget meeting. We have our next budget meeting next <clears throat> Thursday night for the county. And in 2018 um, or 2019, the first year that we could, we passed $10 million for the first time ever for affordable housing in Hillsborough County. We get other funds that we pass through, but this was for us in our county to, to put out there to provide affordable housing right. and to leverage and to use to apply to grants. And it's been successful. We've been doing it for four years out of those countywide funds uh, to bring affordable housing to people. We've, um, I think, have, uh, you know, someone said last night, more than a thousand units that we have developed in these four years uh, for nope, people. That's not bad. They said of the 65,000 that are needed, <laughs> at any rate, uh, we wanted to- And I to want to give a shout out to our friend, Kimberly Overman, <laughs> uh, Fordham County Commissioner. Um, you know, that was a big passionate issue with Kimberly. It and, was a big and, passionate and, issue And, with and we miss her on- Jason, you are on, Jason. Yeah, see, he's on point today. He's Amaria, on. you want to take so, a call? But, yeah, I but, do. but before we do that, so oh, so the 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 we have the last night. <laughs> two of the commissioners said that they want to end that funding. They suggested two other things, but the other things aren't even needed. We've already got the funding for them. They said the jails and our operations center, and both of those things are already in uh, you know already paid for and in in good shape. Plus, we have. Um, substantial reserves at this point so that we don't have to necessarily uh, add fully to those reserves. Wow. And Hillsborough County, it's it, but the they really, really want to cut our affordable housing fund when we are in critical need. And we had a huge number of people show up and testify to that Good need last them. night. Callers, we see you there. We're going to come to you in just a moment. I just Bill? want to say quickly, um, as I mentioned before, the CRA board is the city council, but the city council can control, city council as the CRA board can control the money. Um, three years ago, I made a motion to move 30% of the CRA money across the eight districts into affordable housing. And John, when he was on the uh, council and CRA board supported that. And because of that, just this year, that amount is $25 million. Nice. So, uh, and that was not not through years of lobbying or anything. That was just by making a decision of four or five people on the CRA. And then one of my colleagues matched it last year, found $20 million within the city budget to match it. And then the mayor put in another $6 million. Um, so, so the city is putting in records amounts of money. 
But if we have $50 million, we need $5 billion to fix the problem. We'll go to our callers now. But let me say before that, I'm leaving. As I leave the studio today, I'm going directly to the nearest tattoo parlor. And I'm going to have a tattoo on my forehead that's going to say, elections have consequences. Mm -hmm. And if I can say so without embarrassing embarrassing either Pat Kemp or Bill Carlson, uh, your leadership is showing. Okay, let's go to the phones. Konya, where's my applause, man? Your leadership is showing. <laughs> what is happening here? Was that too serious? I mean, he's so caught up in what you're saying. Drop the mic. All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Ricky, we've just got a couple of minutes left yeah. in, in show. Thank you okay, for. I for... want to just ask a quick question of the two councilmen. Uh, I know they had the budget meeting on the fifth, and having a final meeting on the nineteenth. And my question is, what is the purpose of the nineteenth meeting? And I say this in the reference, did the mayor have an opportunity to reevaluate her proposal such as dropping it down to a half a meal or a quarter meal and reevaluating her priorities for spending? Did she have an opportunity to, to resubmit that and bring up another vote at the 19th? Yeah, she. Thank she, you, Ricky. She absolutely had the opportunity to do that. She presented, first of all, they said they were working on this for months. We asked, including I asked personally, are you thinking about raising the military? They never told us. They blindsided all of us with the announcement, which was a huge mistake. Well, the day before Pro- the meeting. Probably the biggest error of all, because you have to bring the community along with you on something like that, especially your council members. You need to support it. Um, so the community came out. We, we voted against it. There have to be two hearings to pass a budget. So we passed a preliminary budget that we said we would edit. And then on the 19th, we're, we should pass the final budget. But after we, on that ninth, on the, on the 5th, I made a motion that we ask the administration to give us the budget without the increase. Because any business person or government person should have two budgets or maybe three, maybe you do it with half a mil. And they came back and said, no, we're not going to do that. And then they quoted the charter. Um, you may see we've had several charter challenges in the last few years where the legal department has said, no, city council doesn't have this power. For the first time ever, they said, oh, no, this is city council's power and responsibility. And I, I, read, the, I read the charter to them on Wednesday and it says, no, the, it, it says the city council is authorized to make changes. It doesn't say we're required to make changes. So we should do this in a collaborative way. I think, and we, it, I we think it's up, called a hot potato bill. Yeah, we ended up on Wednesday night giving direction. And then the, now finally the administration is going to come back with their ideas. One more call. Let's go to thank you, Rick. Molly, thank you so much for staying on the line with us. Molly's calling from Hillsborough County. Molly? Hi. Uh, great show this morning. Really, really love uh, hearing what the guests have to say. Thank you. And um, how it's being directed. Really fantastic. Um, we've talked, I'm in unincorporated Hillsborough County, but I'm just west of, of the airport. And um, so we're, we're urban. Um, we're not out in farmland. Uh, and, you know, the road issues are prevalent over here. Um, we see a lot of development. And one thing, and I don't know if you have enough time to talk about it, but it'd be really interesting to hear about what developers' roles are played financially in contributing to um, the road developments. You know, these big home developments or apartments and things create a lot more cars on the road in our neighborhoods. Thank you. I, a lot of wear and tear. And what are we seeing from these developers who are reaping benefits, financial benefits? What's their return to our community? Great, right. question. Great question. Thank and, you. And Molly, thank, thank I, you so would, much for your call. I could talk about this for about an hour, but I'll just be... We'll bring you back. We'll there, bring you back. There are things called impact fees um, that developers are supposed to pay because we have blistering growth here. A normal community 
community can do with a little growth and they can add a, a classroom or a school or, you know, whatever time. But here we have this growth, 30,000 people a year coming here. So the we have to get the infrastructure in place to support that. <clears throat> Hillsborough County has lost billions and billions of dollars, and I don't even know about the city of Tampa, um, by not charging um, appropriate impact fees like ever. Um, and those impact fees go for roads. Uh, the county commission controls schools for the entire county. Hospitals? Um, Just curious. No. Roads, schools, parks, um, the um, sewer and wastewater, which you just can't like not do, but Hillsborough County did take a break from it for like eight years. It was just incredible. Um, uh, and I'm seeing, and um, so transportation uh, you guys and did fire, a, fire, public safety. Right. You did address safety. impact fees a couple of years I ago. I have been so diligent on this. And basically I got every one of those fees uh, raised to a reasonable level. It was just stunning because in the unincorporated county, we had not raised fees since we started them, as I say, in like 1983, before the Berlin Wall came down. <laughs> so we, and Mercy. and you might, you might like, this was amazing because the more conservative, politically conservative counties around us, they could not do that. So, uh, you know, Polk and Pasco and Pinellas doesn't have to worry about it because Pinellas doesn't really have growth unlike every place else. Um, and But uh, Manatee, uh, up and down Florida, they had these, um, they've always been keeping up with their fees because they couldn't afford not to the, do the that. The bottom line is new development should pay for itself. Ex well, it should at least get Contribute. somewhere. <laughs> yes. And I have to read this Molly, email. Molly, great question. I have to read this email because it's important. And I think this is going to speak to you, Commissioner. It says, both of my children have Hillsborough County health care, and it's literally been a lifesaver. So. Oh. Thank you for That's calling. That's from Cynthia. That's from Cynthia. Email Cynthia. If you want to call God my office, you. I'd love to have your story. <laughs> so to all of our callers today, are there anything in closing? We've got about 30 seconds, guys. No, thank you very much. Please support um, elected officials that support your causes. Pat. And thank you for having us. And it's been great to talk and, and be able to share this information with everybody. The hour just evaporates on us. Usually when we get to closing to the end, it just goes faster and faster. Thank you to all of our callers today. <clears throat> thank you also to our emailers, texters. We appreciate, we love doing this, don't we, John? I think today was a, a particularly important show. You know, these are important issues, and we always run out of time. So uh, we're going to petition to get, like, five hours next time. I agree. Time. Yeah. Maybe so. And we'll certainly have you guys back if you'll come back with us. Let me just say we'd like to thank all of our callers and emailers, emailers and emailers. texters today. Special thanks to Irene, our phone screener, and on behalf of our engineer producer, uh, Jason Marlowe, our co-host, John Dinkfelder. I'm Mario Nunez saying salute and happy days. Stay tuned now for The Skinny with Mitch Perry, Ray Roa, Ben Montgomery. Please have a safe and very happy weekend. Go Rays! A shout out to our part-time producer, Lynn Marvin Lynn Dinkfelder. Marvin Dinkfelder. Cannonball Adderley, 95.